Hello and welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast. We are from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church with five locations in Utah. Each week, we will be hearing from our lead pastor, Paul Roby, and others as we explore what it means to be fully delighted in God and how we help as many people as possible experience this at SMCC. This is the Fully Delighted Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast. My name is Adam and I get to serve as the Campus Support Team Director here at South Mountain Community Church. So glad that you are here with us today. I just want to remind you uh, just some quick, easy things that you can do that are free to help us out. Uh, if you can rate our podcast on your podcast app, that'd be great. Uh, if you can uh, just send this to a friend or, or subscribe on whatever you're listening to this, um, that would be helpful as well, especially on Apple Podcasts. That is super, super helpful. So we just ask that uh, that you guys do that quick just while we're uh, here today. And we are in a new season. This is season four. Um, this is episode two. Last week was great with Joe and Nick. And so if you did miss that, if you're just hopping in now, I would encourage you to go back and listen to them. Uh, really great episode. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it's definitely helpful for people um, to listen to. I had a lot that I, I got to take away from that. Um, and really enjoyed it. So what we're doing in this season is we are having staff on to talk about uh, different subjects. And so I've been reaching out to different staff to uh, to have on the show, looking forward to having kind of a, a pretty good um, variety of people on the show. Um, but today, what we get to have on with us is we get to have Kyle Henderson, who is the South Jordan campus pastor here at SMCC. How are you doing, Kyle? Wow, I'm doing uh, doing really good. Uh, this is uh, this is my first ever uh, podcast, so I, I, I appreciate that, Adam. You're a long time listener, huh? Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, I've always wanted to say. That. I know. I feel like that's what you're supposed to say <laughs> totally. when you get on something like this. Totally. Um, so, like I said, Kyle is um, is our campus pastor at our South Jordan location. Um, just got hired on in October, was that? Yeah, end of that? October, yeah. So not too long. How long is that? Six months? Six months, Seven yeah, months, seven something? months, something like that, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, what I want to do is just make sure that our listeners kind of have a point of reference for who you are. Um, we have a lot of staff uh, here at SMCC, mm-hmm. and so I just want to know, and our listeners just want to know, how did you get connected to SMCC? How did you end up in Utah, basically? Yeah, so, um, you know, I've, I've been in ministry for uh, almost 14 years now, and, uh, you know, I've got an awesome wife, Kirsty, and a couple kids. And, and, uh, we started, uh, in Southern California. That's where we're actually born and raised. And, um, you know, just, uh, had an opportunity right after graduating to go out to Arizona and, and to, to serve, uh, as a youth pastor at a church plant. And then, uh, that brought us back to California. Um, had a really awesome friend and mentor who, um, gave me an opportunity to serve uh, on staff at a church in Huntington Beach and got to do a variety of different things from guest services up to kind of overseeing our next gen department and serving as the high school pastor. And so, um, you know, really long story short, uh, I, uh, kind of started processing through with my wife what the next step was for us just in ministry. We did youth ministry for 13 years and um, loved every second of it, serving with high schoolers and junior hires. Uh, and got to a point, it was uh, April 2019, where we kind of had this uh, conversation about what might happen next. And we were on our, um, just uh, an opportunity for us to to spend some time away on, on a trip uh, for anniversary, um, did some talking and, and praying and, and just enjoying each other's company and um, had an amazing summer uh, that summer doing uh, camps and global connection trip with students. 
uh, and then came back and really experienced um, some really difficult things with my father-in-law passing away in September of 2019. And so that um, put a pause on just life for us. We went and uh, really um, grieved with family and spent some time. My wife's from Southern Indiana, so I spent some time back there, um, you know, with with my mother-in-law and, and doing life with them. And um, and then came back to California and continued doing ministry and just really felt this this tug of like, okay, how you know, where are we going next? What's next for us? Feeling like our season of youth ministry um, was possibly finished, but then how do we step into this next season? And is it is it doing life with my mother-in-law back in the Midwest? And and that allowed us to really start investigating and looking at opportunities. And, and our church in Huntington Beach was super, um, super loving uh, towards that, uh, that, that process for us and, and really encouraging. Um, and then in this process, we came across a church uh, uh, called SMCC here in Utah. And um, that allowed us to have a conversation with you and Eric uh, via Zoom. I remember the first time I met you guys on Zoom, um, I had really long hair. I actually donated close to 12 inches. Oh, and yeah. my on my uh, resume, the picture I had was me with long hair because I didn't you have any. You looked like a hippie. I was, I was a hippie in, in appearance, not in, in personality or activity. And uh, when I came onto that Zoom call, you guys were like, we were expecting to see Jesus, like beard, yeah. long hair, and I had just cut it to donate it. And That's so, what it was. Yeah, yeah it was it, Jesus Kyle. Yeah, totally. So it, you know, that allowed me to just be a part of this process. You guys sent me a ton of information to kind of read and research. I listened to those that first season of the podcast, um, read the SMCC way, and and really just my wife and I fell in love with um, the the vision, the mission here uh, in Utah for SMCC, but also this environment. Like I know we came from Southern California, but uh, we love the outdoors. We love the mountains. We love running and, and camping. And so this was like a perfect blend of everything to uh, to be a part of something really spectacular uh, on this team and, and be a part of this mission, um, but to also do it in some beautiful country. Yeah, awesome. Now, you mentioned um, when you were a student pastor, you did uh, global mission stuff. Where have you gone? Because I remember talking to you about that. You It seemed like you'd been to a lot of different places. Yeah, so I've, I've had the privilege of traveling. So when I was in Arizona, I got to uh, co-lead in a adult trip to Algeria. So that was my first ever, outside of going to Mexico, my first ever real experience um, on a global trip. Um, So we were in Algeria, North North, North Africa. Um, And then I've been across the world to Southeast Asia a couple times, to the Philippines. Um, I've been to uh, Kurdistan, Iraq, um, Chile a couple times, uh, and just had the privilege of serving with a lot of different organizations and people. So it, those have Dude. been, those have been really cool experiences to be a part of. And, and most of them I got to take students on. So I would take, you know, Dang. seven to, to nine students, a couple of leaders. And that would stress me out. I, I look back at my time doing trips in, in student ministry back when I was in high yeah. school. And I think I didn't know how, that could be that. I feel like that would be so stressful. So uh, we're actually so my daughter uh, will be is in third grade. She'll be in fourth grade. So we have a fusion camp that's for oh, fourth yeah. and fifth grade. And so this will be the first year she can go to camp. And I was a youth pastor who took students, you know, all across the world. And yep. their parents, you know, let them let me take them and let them go. And I'm over here like getting anxious about sending my daughter to a camp that's an hour, hour away. away. <laughs> yeah, for like one overnight. So uh, it is it is really cool to to think about where I've been, who I've got to do it with, and uh, um, the things we've gotten to see and do in that process. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah of course. you know, Kyle's somebody that um, I've really enjoyed getting to know as a friend and uh, just somebody being on staff and uh, just love. His company, and so I'm glad that you guys, our listeners, get to get a little bit of a, a peek inside just um, what's happening here and what's happening through Kyle. So, 
uh, just really encouraged by all that's happening at South Jordan. So yeah. it's a very exciting thing to see and be a part of. I do. I don't know if this is if this is allowed, but I do want to give a shout out to our South Jordan peeps. I, <laughs> I, I absolutely love uh, what I get to do as part of this organization, but specifically at South Jordan and doing life with uh, with everyone there. So uh, you guys are all awesome. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I know <laughs> they love you there. So it's it's great. I love seeing that. Yeah. Um, so today, what we wanted to do is, you know, last week it was just a really I, I enjoyed the podcast. I thought um, there was some really helpful conversation that was clear and give a lot to think about in terms of just um, emotions and Mm -hmm. how does that relate to us? Um, How does that relate to our relationship with God? Mm -hmm. Um, So I love talking about that kind of thing. And today we're going to shift gears a little bit, but again, still I think a very helpful conversation for people. And it's this conversation that I think for a long time, and as far as I can remember growing up as well, this is a conversation that sometimes in some circles is just taboo Yeah, um, to talk about, to think that, you know, why will, why would we need to talk about that as, as Christians? Why why does there need to be discussion around this? Isn't it just kind of cut and dry, right. um, this discussion? So we wanted to just be able to talk about <clears throat> in a very open way. We both had to cough at the same time. We did. That was good. That was awesome. We planned that. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we just wanted to have a conversation surrounding uh, mental health yeah. and what does that look like for Christ followers? And um, this might just seem like something like, man, like how do we even broach, the, you know, breach this topic? Yeah. Um, but this is something that has been a journey uh, for you, I know, mm-hmm. has been a journey for me as well. Yeah. Uh, but why don't you just have our listeners kind of get a little bit of backstory for you? Because um, I know that's different for everybody in terms of what does that look like to approach it? What does it look like to realize it? How does it look to start managing different pieces of this. So yeah. can you just give a little backstory to that? Yeah. So uh, my wife and I are actually watching this this TV series uh, on Hulu. It's an FX series. And uh, in the series, uh, The Sun, we were just watching an episode last night, and she actually said this to me, um, and it really brought forth this my journey with mental health and depression, anxiety. Um, the son is, is dealing with, uh, anxiety, depression. And, um, they, they talked about it a couple episodes ago and, um, saw kind of his grades slipping and he's in, and, you know, I think probably there, it takes place in, in Britain. So something like, you know, secondary school, middle school, something like that. And, uh, and so they're having this conversation uh, with him, and he's going to a party, um, and his dad's asking him how he feels, and he's like a seven out of ten, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of anxiety. And and his dad was like, "Oh, that's good. Like, it's you know, I thought you'd be nine or a ten. And he, his response was, um, "It's a strong seven. And mm-hmm. Kirsty leans over, uh, where I was sitting on the couch, and she goes, um, "Did you ever have experience like that at that age? Like, do you ever remember anxiety and being that anxious about doing things as a kid?" Mm-hmm. And I said, honestly. I really identified and noticed my depression anxiety when I was in college. Um, sure. I don't remember. I was a first. I'm the firstborn of, of three kids, of two loving parents, um, and uh, you know my dad has has dealt with addiction issues and he's overcome those. Um, but uh, for me, it wasn't really identified or even established in my life until I was in college. And I remember what happened. And I uh, I was a junior in college. I was had just come back from traveling all summer as an admissions representative for my mm-hmm. school. Which meant that I got I got to go to uh, different camps and, and youth conferences and recruit kids to come to Southern California, which was actually a really easy thing to do, right? You're going <laughs> to kids in the Midwest and saying, "Hey, come to SoCal on the beach." Yeah, but, no kidding. Um, but it was a lot of fun, and, and I got to travel. But it was a lot of work and a lot of traveling, right? Plane flights, you know, just being away in different time zones. Um, and then I come back immediately the day after we land. I landed back. Um, we went to. I went away on an RA retreat. So I was a residence mm-hmm. assistant in my campus, third floor, like older kids, you know juniors and seniors and super seniors, right? And so we had retreat to kind of get prepared and get ready for that. 
and I had signed up for 21 units that semester. So I I was like uber full time. (laughs) Don't know why I did 21 units, but I I think the most I ever did was 15. Yeah, so that was 15 is standard. Like 12 is a good number. 15 is standard. You know, I think 12 is considered full time or something like that. But I I was like, oh, I want to, I want to just, I want to graduate early. Like I, you know, for whatever reason, I was like, I just want to graduate early, and I had the, (laughs) the bandwidth. So all of that. A heavy summer coming back right away to intense training for RA stuff, and and it's a ministry on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get all of my I think syllabi is that the, the multiple is that the how sure. like yeah, we'll syllabus that. not all syllabuses. the syllabuses all, this, all the syllabuses. <laughs> and I remember feeling so overwhelmed looking at all the work that had to be done that semester. And we were only a couple weeks in the semester, and I remember walking into our cafeteria, and. One of my best friends in college, still a guy I love to death. His name is Corey. And I, and I remember walking in and Corey looks at me and he says, um, is everything okay, Kyle? Hmm. And I had this like this almost empty look in my eyes. And as soon as he said that, I started bawling. Mm. I went, I just walked up to Corey and buried my head, my face in his chest. And I just started crying. I, everything was just coming out. And and he held me. We're in the middle, two dudes, like, you know, and, and Corey's a big guy. Like, I, he's from Oregon. Love this dude, uh, uh, Oregon, Washington area. And um, and I remember, like, just emptying myself in mm-hmm. that moment and really just unloading these tears and this, um, just this, everything was washing away. And I was actually supposed to be on duty that night as an RA, and he ended up uh, calling our, our um, resident, you know, uh, uh, assistants or whatever the yeah, advisors yeah. and uh, they live on campus with us and they replaced me and had someone else cover me and I went home my parents we only live like mm. 30 40 minutes away um, in Anaheim area and so I went home for the night and I remember just being so overwhelmed and my mom was freaking out seeing me like crying you know almost for no reason um, my girlfriend at the time now wife she was terrified uh, mm. of what I was feeling and going through and um, that started my journey into counseling and that started my journey into discussing, um, kind of deep seated issues that I had grown up with things that, um, I've been able to work through, um, as the firstborn child of an alcoholic and, mm-hmm. um, but also identified depression and anxiety in my life. And sure. so, um, I remember those first counseling sessions, you know, colleges are really awesome sometimes and, and they offer, it was like five bucks a session and I got to go yeah. sit and talk yeah. about everything that was going on and, and I felt so much better, but I still felt something was off even mm. in that time. Mm-hmm. And so um, that kind of moved me into this conversation about taking medication, which I was absolutely opposed to. Like True. I was, I don't want to have to rely on a little pill. I mm-hmm. was, I was like, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'll just, I'll just do counseling. I'll do counseling. True. You know, my, my wife, you know, girlfriend at the time, now my wife, Kirsty, she was a runner. And so we started running and that kind of helped me as well that the endorphins that what started your running that's what started my running she you are such a runner now. i did she uh running was my ability to just be near her like she sure. I, I remember the so she was a runner and when you know we actually traveled together over the summer as ars and she would uh, during free time she would just go running and wow. we were in indiana and she, in anderson university and she would just run and i'm like you're crazy like who wants to run <laughs> and then when we got back and we started liking each other and i'm like okay maybe like if she's gonna go running i might as well go with her Dude, and and wow. then i played let me tell you this i played football and baseball in high school it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't the you know the best player but i was a hard worker and but i was you know fairly <clears> athletic <throat> um she was running, uh, just doing a little 5K around mm-hmm. our university, and I thought oh, I could do that. That's easy. Like who? That's I'm a football player. I'm a baseball player. Yeah. I about 
threw up after mile one oh, like yeah. of his 5k it was oh, yeah. it's a completely different beast um but it really did give me an opportunity to, to hang out with her and spend more time with her and yeah um and yeah now it's just become a part of who i am and i've used it to help with my mental health you know yeah. to take care of my mental health and well props to curiously because you are a fanatic now with running <laughs> from from my from where i sit i'm like she, kyle runs a she lot. has turned me into a monster like i i and sometimes you know addiction runs in my family and <laughs> fortunately i've never had to to experience uh addiction to substances personally i've never mm-hmm. had that draw i've never um, been addicted uh, and i've and i've guarded myself a lot too but um sometimes it ends up being running that i just which sure, is, which is a, a good, good, thing. good thing it can be yeah. bad right if it affects your family but but it's a better thing than some things you can be addicted mm-hmm. to so mm-hmm. um yeah i've done so many races and overnight runs and marathons i, I just yeah i Jeez. i love getting out there but it really does help kind of my mental health and it really does help me Oh, there's so many studies on that too, yeah, how yeah. much that can help. But anyways, continue on. Yeah. So, no, so uh, we, you know, I did counseling. I did counseling for a long time that last, you know, two years of college. And, um, and then we got a position out in Arizona, like I mentioned earlier, and I got to, to go out there and things kind of just fell by the wayside, um, jumped out into uh, a ministry at a church plant, which was, uh, a lot of work, um, set up and tear down church in a box, building a, a ministry from scratch, from small groups to, um, adult stuff and, and, and I ended up uh, kind of just forgetting about the mental health piece mm-hmm. of of, uh, of my life, and mm-hmm. um, I had another breakdown. Like just this, mm-hmm. you know, I. It's crazy when you have no kids and uh, you have the freedom, a little bit more freedom than you do when you have to, you know, care for two human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, I stopped running as much. Like we were running, but not as mm-hmm. much. And in summertime in Arizona, it's 110, 115. <laughs> it's like 90. If you want to go die, it, you go running. <laughs> totally. We took our dog one time on a walk, and it. I felt so bad for him. We had a we had a, a blue healer and his paws like we didn't think about it and we're going just for a walk as a family, uh, me and Kirsty and and the dog, and like he was yelping because of uh, the, how hot the ground geez. was and like that's a, that's what it's like in Arizona and but then so I just I kind of let that thing those that uh, all that stuff kind of fall by the wayside mm-hmm. and ended up not thinking about what I had started discovering about myself uh, mm-hmm. my junior and senior year of college and so. Um, another little breakdown, uh, not as bad as, as my first kind of real breakdown in college, but ended up um, going and seeing a counselor and a doctor again, and, mm-hmm. and they uh, recommended once again medication, to which uh, I tried to push back on, but you know, when you realize that you're hurting someone unintentionally, like mm-hmm. my wife, uh, yeah. and, and, that, and keeping that stuff in and not sharing that stuff, mm-hmm. um, I reluctantly op- you know, opted to start taking it. and. Yeah within those first six weeks of kind of my body getting acclimated to it, um, night and day difference. Really? Uh, and, wow. but, but I wish to say, I, I wish I could say like from then on, you know, 2011, 2010 till now, everything's been great. But sure, there, sure. there were, there were periods where I was like, I don't need medication anymore. And so mm-hmm. I would just, you know, because I was running and I was journaling, you know, I love mm-hmm. journaling. I was seeing a counselor. Mm-hmm. So those three things I told myself, um, that's enough. And honestly, when you stop taking medication, like cold turkey, like I was doing to myself, mm-hmm. uh, you're still fine for a while because mm. obviously it's slowly getting out of your system. Yeah. But then I just attributed that to the running and the counseling and the journaling. Sure. Uh, and then, you know, my wife is always the first one. I've got two people in my life who could really immediately tell when something is, is, is off. And, yeah. uh, and my wife is, is obviously one of them. But the problem is, is she would ask me like, Hey, are you, are you taking your medication? And I would get defensive. Like sure. I would, you know, I don't need it. Like I'm, I'm yep. running, I'm doing good, but she could tell the slow kind of breakdown of just my, 
um, my mental acumen, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so it's been, you know, it, it has been a journey. Um, it has been, you know, then, then we have kids and I, I start to see the need to take care of myself, um, mm-hmm. not just for my wife now, but for these two human beings that we get to raise. And can I stop on that? For yeah, a second? yeah. Yeah. More selfishly, cause I want to know too, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's listeners too. I mean, <clears throat> your life really shifts between just being married mm-hmm. and then having kids. I'm sure. I don't know from yeah. experience, right. but I know right. from hearing yeah. from other people. So did that really, you know, make you think like, okay, I gotta, I, you know, I want to buckle down on this or like, I mean, what, what goes through your mind when you say, okay, I'm going to be a dad, you know, how does that, what goes through your mind? Yeah. So I, um, admittedly, and I don't think Kiersey will be upset with me saying, uh, saying this. I admittedly always knew I wanted to be a dad. Oh, like gosh, I was yeah. like, I want to be a dad. I had, you know, even with my own father's struggles, my dad, uh, especially when he, um, when he took on sobriety, like he was, mm. he was always my baseball coach. He was always around. We've, um, we've grown closer as I've gotten older. Um, sure. I was always close with my mom. And so I had, I had a really good, I mean, as, as kids, we want to do better than our parents. You know, yeah. as a parent, I want my kids to do better than, than Kirsten and I are doing. Uh, and if our kids should choose to, to get married and have a family, like I want them to, to do things differently the way we're doing it. Sure. Um, but uh, I, I remember um, when I first met Kirsty, like she wanted to be a career woman, didn't even really want to get married, um, and then had zero <laughs> desire for kids. Now, it wasn't the yeah. kind of conversation that you often see in premarital counseling that I'm sure you've done, I've done plenty where, um, oh, I don't want kids, you know, one wants kids, one doesn't, I'm mm-hmm. all just changing them. It wasn't like that. Kirsty yeah, yeah. was fine with kids, but that's just not ever it wasn't how her she, passion. it wasn't her passion, yeah. and she was like, I'm going to be settled in a career before we even think about that. Sure. Um, and I was like, okay, as long as as long as the options there for us to have kids, and because I just wanted to be a dad, I wanted to, I, you know, that's just how I've been wired, and yeah. And so when we talked about having kids, um, I was still in that early stage of um, just starting medication, and you know, but I was picking up running more because yeah. Adeline was born uh, about four months before we left Arizona to come back to California. So it was 2011. So when she was born, November. And I remember thinking, um, okay, I need to figure this out right? I need mm-hmm. to figure this out. And then she's born and then something happens as, as a parent when you see that child, whether mm-hmm. um, you're adopting a child, whether um, the child is birthed from you or it's a surrogate, like what, however, mm-hmm. when you, when you come into contact with, with a being that you get to, um, to do life with and get to mm-hmm. teach and train up and, and raise, um, the endorphins flow, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. chemicals are just firing everywhere. And, that coupled with the uh, this new job opportunity in, in California and the responsibilities there and being a part of a, a really awesome team um, and healing a little bit from my time in Arizona um, kind of pushed the depression, anxiety by the wayside. I was focused on raising, you know, my daughter, oh. m- moving into a new environment, a new community. And that, I mean, it didn't really start to, to click that I needed to focus and take care of those things until she was a toddler and getting older because hmm. unfortunately my wife god love her uh that i love that phrase but god love her, she was so patient with me hmm. and even when i um you know became defensive or uh stopped taking medication for example um and it was affecting her mm-hmm. uh she mm-hmm. was there she was praying with she was loving and um, but then when, when your, when your child be- comes at the age where they are seeing the things that are happening, when they are sure. noticing that dad is just overwhelmed or dad's crying for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like I want my kids to know that I, that I, that's okay to cry. It's sure, good to cry. Sure. But when it's for no reason or seemingly no reason, yeah. um, but it's all internal, it's in your mind, yeah. uh, that those are things that I want. And, and we've been very open with them too about 
this pill that daddy takes yeah. this, you know, what depression is, what anxiety is. My mm -hmm. daughter, unfortunately, um, is dealing with anxiety. And so mm -hmm. we are looking to get her to counseling because hey, yeah. guys, I just, I believe wholeheartedly in counseling and talking to other Absolutely. people. Um, I, my wife is a school counselor. She went back to get her master's for that purpose. She loves serving with, with me in high school ministry and, and, uh, has a passion for, um, walking through life with, with students. Uh, and, and so our kids know exactly, you know, all about mental health and we talk to them, we're open with them. But, mm -hmm. but there's a period where I was like, I, this is unhealthy for me to allow myself to get to this point of just having these breakdowns or, mm -hmm. or not be able to put into words how I'm feeling or mm -hmm. to not want to share what I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, and it's because I'm not allowing this last piece of the puzzle, this, this medication, you know, yeah. to, to help balance me out. Um, and just even on that, you know, I know from my experience, um, going to counseling as well, um, they use that same terminology that when you're looking at a, this whole cr crazy piece of, of mental health, it's a, it's, it's a difficult thing to quite put together, Right. but, um, it is a puzzle. Yeah. You know, there's a, you know, they say, Hey, sometimes for people it's this, this, and this, and it's not totally, this. totally. And, you know, so it's a mix of a lot of things that can help people to, to, to cope and to manage those things. Yeah. It's not just one piece. Right, yeah, and for everyone, it's, it's different. It manifests differently. Um, for some people, counseling and talking it out uh, works really, really well. I will say, like, uh, it's always beneficial in the same way, um, you know, that, that we talk about, you know, going to a doctor and finding out, like, a, a primary care physician mm -hmm. and, like, oh, if that one doesn't have the bedside manner you want, go find a different one. Like, yeah. um, the same thing is true with counselors. I mean, it's, it's, everyone is different. Every counselor has a different specialty. And so it took me a few to kind of connect with and really, um, jive with, uh, yeah. to allow myself to feel comfortable. And I'm a pretty open guy. I've talked very openly about, um, depression, anxiety. I am an open book when it comes to my life. And, sure. um, and so, so the same is true with, with finding counselors, you know, but for some people, medication's not needed and that's great right, for right. some people. Um, you know, uh, just working out or activity like that is, mm -hmm. is the only thing they need. And that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it is, it is a puzzle that is different for every single person. Some people have 500 piece puzzles. Some people yeah. have a thousand piece puzzles. Some people have those, those big, uh, cardboard, like five piece puzzles that you like give your kids. kids. Yeah. The yeah. kids puzzle. Like, <laughs> it, it's different for everybody. And, yeah. um, but I, but I think I'm going to go back to what you said early on, like, for the longest time within the church and within the world, like within mm -hmm. conversation in society, like this has been, mental health has been a stigma that isn't talked about. And I, and I really do love the, the movement that's happening within the church, um, but also within society to identify areas where people are, um, you know, maybe have this puzzle that's kind of backwards or, mm -hmm. or however you want to describe it and yeah. and to be open to having those conversations and to encouraging people to go get the help they need you yeah. know um, we talk about here being fully devoted and fully delighted and i actually just did a connect now on sunday connect now for those who are listening are uh, it's just an opportunity for those who are brand new or newer to smcc uh, to come and, and meet the staff at the campus that they're at um, to hear the mission um, you know helping as many people as possible take their next steps uh, and and then to talk through our different values like our family mm -hmm. values that we have here um, at smcc and um, so we got to the how do we define fully devoted fully delighted and and i love talking about uh, happiness and joy. And, and we'll use that word interchangeably, but but um, being fully delighted is all about, uh, you know, regardless of your circumstances, finding that happiness or joy. And, yeah. and as I deal with depression and anxiety, like for me, it's, um, you know, I tell, I'll tell, I tell stories, I go on tangents, so I apologize. No, that's fine. I, I was doing, a, um, I was asked to be a part of a funeral uh, conversation years ago. Mm -hmm. um, 
and uh, the, the young guy, 20-something, early 20s, who had taken his own life. And um, I was meeting with the mom, and, and I was asked to come in because uh, he, he suffered from depression. And the pastor who was doing the funeral knew that that was part of my story, and so he wanted me to come in just to offer any insight into that yeah. and to be there to comfort the family. And when I opened up about my depression, um, I'll never forget his mom looked at me and she was like, but you seem so happy. Like I see mm-hmm. you on weekends and mm-hmm. I see you right now and you just seem so happy. And I said, this is joy that in my life comes from, uh, not from my circumstances. It comes yeah. from who I am in Jesus. You know, I'm a child of God, made in the image of God and loved by God. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are times where life is just rough. Like there are times where, you know, there are there's something in my mind, in my brain, uh, outside of my circumstances that um, just drag me down a little bit, but mm-hmm. I but I never want to lose that joy and keep that joy, um, you know, planted in the person of Jesus. Yeah. Um, and that's this whole conversation with depression, anxiety. Like I, I mean, people have told me so many times. I've had it said to me, just just pray harder, just have more faith. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, and that's not very helpful anyway. But but I think it's this movement within within society, but also the church, especially to have mm-hmm. open conversations. I and mean, we've seen and heard stories of many pastors who have, who've dealt with depression, anxiety, who have taken their own life mm-hmm. and who haven't, mm-hmm. who haven't been afforded the chance to, to be open about this kind of stuff. Um, I think is is super healthy and it is very helpful because, um, people are listening. People will share this who are dealing with this and feel so isolated because yeah. for me, that's what it, that's what it feels like. I feel even I'm super extroverted, but in a crowded room, I feel so alone hmm. in in periods of, of my depression uh, and even with medication it still ebbs and flows but it mm-hmm. helps it you know if I keep all these things you know these these four things the 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 running the journaling the counseling the medication mm-hmm. as byproducts as a separate entity to planting in the word you know staying connected to the vine talking to hmm. um, you know to other pastors on staff and and doing life with people with Jesus at the center all yeah. that helps me move forward day by day. Yeah, my goodness. Yeah. And it's, it's a shame how, um, man, there's been a lot of things I think said in society and especially in the church, um, about these things. And that unfortunately, I think there's people that don't quite understand that, um, you know, having depression or anxiety is not just this simple equation of right. well, you're not in the word enough. Right. You don't have enough faith. Yeah. Um. You're you're not you know whatever it might be. Right. There can be these these crazy constraints that people put on that they might just want to look at someone and say like, listen, you're just not connected enough to Jesus. Yeah. Um. And unfortunately, I think people forget that we still live in a sinful world. Mm-hmm. Our bodies are, you know, this is kind of going into a different level. But I mean, our bodies are affected by sin, right? Like, totally. we, we, there are things, Absolutely. you know, you're 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 aging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's, you know, yeah. your, your body's not getting better <laughs> as you grow older. Right. You know, it's it's right. kind of you know, and um and and that affects things all the way from you know just simple parts of your body to your brain, yeah, as well. Totally. Um, and there can be imbalances that happen, and that's not a direct correlation or causation right. of of your fate. Right. And, and, and I think too, I want to say like anyone who's ever said that to someone, um, hear me out. Like I, I think you have every bit as, um, a desire to see someone to be, to be better. Mm. Like, I don't think that it's out of malice or out of hatred. Mm -hmm. It is, it is out of lack of knowledge. Like there are things that I've talked about that I have zero knowledge in and I probably sound like a buffoon, right? Like there are, there are a lot of things. And so I think it's really just a, let's step back and separate the two that, um, you know, uh, it is possible to be a disciple of Jesus, to be fully devoted and fully delighted and still deal with what, what you just said, like this 
sin entered into the world, which causes the world to be messed up in a lot of different ways, including how our bodies grow and change over time and Mm -hmm. those mental imbalances that that um that may happen the chemical side of things that may happen that is like completely separate from your faith in jesus and your relationship with jesus yeah absolutely and it's you know it's so interesting just your story Mm -hmm. um with that and how there are pieces of it that that mirror in in my life and then there's pieces of that mirror uh mirror in our in our marriage as well yeah and uh, I know that uh, just we're just being open here. And and my wife, anything I say, my wife doesn't. If you know my wife, she doesn't, yeah. she's a very open book. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, um, you know, there was a time, and I'll share a little bit about my personal story as well. But there, you talked about marriage and having kids and things mm-hmm. like that. And I think, um, although this is not something that, that always ends up in immediate um, results or, or things changing right away, but for us, it took... Um, couple different conversations early in our marriage uh, we've married five uh, six years in July yeah uh, within our first year of marriage of me just realizing um, how much uh, in my in my wife's life Mary best life her depression had had affected her and um, and obviously there's things that I could have done better in our first year of marriage too but For I remember sure. you know at some point just having a real conversation with her and trying to ha- handle it gently and just saying um, I don't know if this continues on the trajectory that it is like how, how this is going to work for us five years, 10 totally. years from now, yeah. like this, um, just like you had mentioned, it, it could, it was affecting, you know, Kirsty and yeah. she cares for you deeply. I care for Mary Beth deeply. And yeah. at the same time I was saying, um, we got to, what can I do to help, you know, help us get this figured out? Cause yeah. it's definitely something that is not only affecting you, obviously, and right. I care for you. Um, it affects our marriage as well. Yeah. And so not to twist her arm, but to say like, hey, I'm with you on this. And that was, let's figure that this was out. Kirstie's question all the time. And so uh, unfortunately for me, I don't know, I don't know Maribeth's response to that question mm. that you asked, but unfortunately for me, I got defensive. Like mm. I, yeah. so I, that was really hard and that was all on me to work through that with mm. her. But yeah, uh, that's, our spouses are, you know, for you and then for Kirsty, mm-hmm. um, she was like, what can I do to help? How can I <clears throat> How, what can I do? Like literally that was the question. And at the time yeah. I didn't have an answer. Like at the time my answer was right. leave me alone, <laughs> you know, yeah. which is not an answer. Uh, it's not a good answer. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, go, but continue. I don't want to cut, cut you off. Yeah, on, no. On and, and so it eventually came to the point where then um, she was able to start seeing a, a counselor and, yeah. and believe it or not, there are really excellent uh, counselors out there. And then, you know, there's even, um, you know, kind of a subsection of you can find even where we were in New England at the time, you can find Christian yeah, counselors, absolutely. which I think is very helpful. People absolutely, who yeah. have the education and knowledge, yeah, um, but have a worldview as a Christian. Yeah, one one of the best counselors we had, we did some couples counseling um, after Clayton was born. You know, when mm-hmm. you when you add a kid to the mix, it affects your relationship, um, sure. communication, kind of. Uh, you you stop focusing a little bit on the communication side of your relationship with your spouse because you're raising a kid. When we had our son Clayton, uh, we have a second kid to the mix, and we really felt this disconnect in our relationship. Mm. Uh, and so we went and saw a counselor together, and it's super helpful, super beneficial. I'll tell everybody, uh, going to a counselor on your own with your with your spouse or your significant other um, mm-hmm. is not a bad thing. Like it is an absolutely oh, yeah. healthy thing. Don't feel like you're um, you're you're broken or your relationships um, gonna be shattered or in shambles mm-hmm. if you go and so for us going we went to a counselor who specialized uh, working with pastors and so that wow. was super helpful nice. for me 
because I'm sharing, we're sharing as a couple with this person and they know exactly, I mean, I can't remember if, if he actually was a pastor at some point, um, mm-hmm. but his experience was in those who were in the ministry field and ministry is just, it's just different, you know? Yeah. Um, it's definitely a big dynamic piece. Yeah. In that. So, so yeah, Christian counselors, absolutely they exist. And, um, sometimes it's just really nice to have someone who has that, that Christian worldview, yeah. um, as they counsel you. And it's interesting that you, um, you know, <clears throat> we talked about this last week and again this week, um, you know, vulnerability, I think, really helps people understand that it's okay to yeah. think, I might need to go see a counselor. Yeah. And I try to put it this way. I've, uh, in my more recent times, I've tried to be better at... Um, this is a bad analogy. Bear with me. <laughs> I had a in college who used to say, every analogy breaks down, so don't Every analogy it. breaks yeah, down. You're good. Just, yeah. just share it. I've been trying to do better at um, keeping maintenance up on my car. Mm, okay. Um, because back in the day when I didn't have any money, like, you know, if something goes wrong, you're like... I'm just going to try to just run it just to the ground, it. baby. And it only sounds like a little, like something right now, like a little, you right. know, a tink, 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 tink or yeah. something. And so it's probably not that bad. If I turn the radio up louder, I won't hear it. Yeah, okay. right. Exactly. <laughs> or I had my first car as a teenager, um, yeah. had gasket blue. And in the summers, we'd have to run the heat on in the car to, oh keep, my the, gosh. to keep the engine and where cool. And and you're like in the Midwest. Like, I mean, in the, it's, yeah, so it's, it's muggy it's and humid, hot. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So anyways, um, <laughs> you know, and especially when it comes to your marriage, um, I'll say this, I mean, and even for your personal life, but there's nothing wrong in going and saying, let's do regular maintenance totally. on this. Um, totally. why wait until the wheels are falling off the car to take it in, yeah. um, then to just go and say, maybe this, maybe this isn't nothing. Maybe it's a simple fix. Maybe there's something that I'm just not seeing. Yeah. Um, but it's always a better option to try and just go into that right away and to say, right, let's just, let's try and deal with this now. I think it's a great analogy. Cause if you wait, if you wait too long, uh, a small issue becomes a major issue and it requires yeah. you to, um, like it, it costs more and it yeah. costs more, not just in, uh, you know, now for, we're moving back into the marriage or the relationship conversation. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lot more years. It's a lot more work and it's, yeah. it's worth it. That marriage is going to be worth it, but it's just, it's more work to get it back to, to running properly. Yeah. So yeah. So. Or even, I think, you know, if you think of a medical, um, analogy as well, you know, the whole reason why they have you at a certain age, start getting, uh, certain checkups. The yeah. only one I could think of is a colon. I know. I knew, which I is not the right one. <laughs> not, not the best one. Yeah. But, you know, it's not because necessarily they think that something's wrong, but man, if you can catch it early, totally. what a better outcome Absolutely. there is for you. Yep. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's always helpful for people to know and to be able to understand that. Yeah. I think there was, there has been a stigma for a long time of, well, if you're going to counseling, there must be something really wrong. Totally. Yeah. And that's not the case. It's not the case. And, and being open about, uh, you know, and I know talking about feelings, like there, there are a subset of people, uh, sometimes it's guys and who, or depending on how you were raised, like where you, you don't share your feelings, you don't, um, open up about things that are bothering you because maybe you were told not to, or, or when you did, you were, um, embarrassed because of it. Uh, that conversation's moving in a, in a better place. And I think Mm -hmm. it still needs to move further, but I think being, you know, something like this is is fantastic because this can be shared everywhere and people can hear us say um, mental health is important and it is not directly connected to your relationship with Jesus, right? It's not directly connected to your, to your faith or um, your growth as a follower of Jesus. If you, if you are a follower of Jesus, Mm -hmm. Um, it's not uh, because you're broken or that you're um, just, uh, uh, you know, not a normal part of society. It has nothing to do with that. It is no. a completely separate issue that, like you said, let's get regular maintenance on it. So mm-hmm. if you're dealing with with depression, anxiety, or um, things are, are constantly, uh, you, you feel like your mind is running a mile a minute. That's mm-hmm. I mean, my daughter right now. She's she's 
you know, showing signs of anxiety and overthinking things. And sure. and so a lot of our bedtime routine is talking about what's going to happen tomorrow. She wants to know what's the plan for tomorrow. And so Kirsty uh, sits down and talks everything through her. And if, you know, which they just did, I think this week is the second week of week two of um, state testing. Mm. We knew like, gosh, you know, I love, on one hand, I love state testing, but I, I also hate it because it's yeah. not necessarily a good indicator of, of where a child is at and where totally. they can go. Yeah. Um, but for someone like my daughter, and it's probably a lot of kids like that, she she got overly anxious about it. So we had to walk her through, like, yeah. that, you know, it doesn't matter what you get on it. Like, it's mm-hmm. not, you know, this just shows you where you are, and it lets your the state know where all of our kids are at, like, mm-hmm. across the state, and it helps them uh, figure out how to do the curriculum for the future years. And so right. helping her understand that this isn't uh, – this it's not a letter grade for for example anyway but this isn't a marker on um how good she is um has helped her but really for her it's just it's extra work talking to her and Mm. it's it's worth it it's work that's worth it um but i watch her little brain run a mile a minute when it comes to things that she's overly anxious uh about and and i want to do my part as a parent as a father um and my wife wants to do her part as a parent as her mother to walk her through mental health uh, Mm -hmm. and caring for her mental health starting now uh, so that way when she's 18 19 20 she can make those decisions and find the help that she needs to continue being a healthy and whole person who loves jesus you know who still finds joy in jesus regardless of circumstances yeah wow it's so interesting to be able to bring this up and and bring it to to light yeah um you know i think it's so helpful and and even so i mean i would be Skipping now, I know we've heard your story yeah. a little bit of um, our relationship in, in in my marriage in particular, yeah. and then just to let even listeners know, mine is even different than than yours or my wife's in yeah. particular. So it's interesting, and I, I have read studies, and I wish I would have brought one with me to actually cite it, but uh, a lot of mental health usually does show in college because mm-hmm. um, yeah. there's a lot of different things going on in college. Totally, uh, mine is the same, um, and I can't. It, I was just thinking. I was like, I can't remember if it was my sophomore or junior year of college that it really started to yeah. to show. And for anybody that's listening, that you know, uh, might be triggered by you know hearing uh, of anxiety. You know, maybe just skip ahead a little bit. But mine basically was. I remember distinctly having just these physi- physiological symptoms mm. of anxiety. Yeah. Um, literally going to the doctor, telling my parents at the time because I was still on their insurance. Um, yeah you know, I think I have asthma because there are these times oh, wow. where I feel like I cannot breathe. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, there's no physical reason why this is. Um, I couldn't even attach it to something in particular. There were lots of things happening um, at that time that I remember going through, even things that I remember, you know, as a Christ follower, there was um, sin that I was engaged in that I was really convicted about. And, mm-hmm. and some people might say, well, that's not helpful. I mean, I just generally things not good for me. Totally, and I knew yeah. it yet. I was yeah. still doing that. Right, right. Um, and uh, lots of other things into that, but um, t- was getting testing for asthma, was getting testing for, um, I can't remember if it's hyperthyroidism or the, there's two different ones, but yeah. one can, can cause just like weird physiological things. Yeah. Um, and nothing really coming back Wow. Um, that showed that. And I just remember thinking at that time, well, what else could this be? Right. And I'm sure that like compounds, right? Because if yeah. you're hoping for, you know, when you go to a doctor and something wrong, um, you're hoping for an answer, even if the right. answer is bad, because at least you know it and you can start treating it start figuring yeah figuring it out and so yeah. you get to this point where you're like i think it's asthma let's get all these tests and nothing mm-hmm. comes back which probably expounds upon your anxiety right? it does and when you're young and in your 20s and you don't know exactly what's going yeah. on you're just like oh what is happening and and even at that time even because there might be listeners that are in this season too at that time thinking how could i ever 
deal with this for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like hopelessness. Yeah. Um, because then, you know, there are, you know, things that I could continue to do and work on, but, um, not always, um, you're not always sure what the results of that are going to be. If it is asthma, it's like, here's an inhaler, you right. know, when you can't, when you feel like you're, you know, right. you're ch- yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> a simple fix totally. uh, sometimes yeah. to some of those things or medication for hypothyroidism or yeah. whichever the other is. But, uh, boy, man, what a hard, um, and ultimately I've, I've read this too. When you have, um, anxiety, it can lead to depression. Cause mm-hmm. obviously if you have anxiety about just everyday life, um, right that can lead to a depressed state totally. as well. Yeah. And just in that time thinking, well, what am I going to do with my life? Um, I'm going to be defined by this. I'm going to be trapped by this. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, I wouldn't say I'm on the other side of it, but, but absolutely being able to know, okay, life doesn't stop there. Right. Um, thankfully I'm able to do things. I, I read this the other day. I think it's, I think it's, a, I think it's in general people's number one fear it might be number one or number two fears getting up and speaking in front of people. I think to, that sounds about right. Yeah. Thankfully we both do that and we can, we can yeah do, we do it and right. we manage yeah, it and exactly. handle it um, yeah. for, for our jobs. But um, for anybody that's in that time, that is, that might be listening now and just saying, I'm in that season yeah. and I just don't know what, what is on the other side of this. Yeah. Um, there is life. Totally. On the other side and, and I'll, and I'll say too, like, and, and I want to, I don't want to speak out to her. Maybe uh, medical science has debunked this. I don't think so. But, you know, depression just isn't a, um, you know, uh, you're going to have it for decades or the rest sure. of your life. Like, mm-hmm. they're seasonal. And I think spe- specifically this um, this past season of the pandemic has right. really highlighted in people who, um, and this would be really connected to the interrelational side of things, right? Like, you're, mm-hmm. you're um, shut down in your home. You can't connect with people in the way you used to. And so I think... You know, I know, I know, especially with students, the, the rate of depression um, and even, unfortunately, suicide has has uh, jumped in this past year. Yeah. Um, so you may be listening to this and be and think like this is something that I've I, I'm kind of identifying with. I've never mm-hmm. dealt with it before, but and maybe it's onset by this pandemic and yeah, this lockdown. Yeah. You know, and, and we're kind of exiting that depending on where you live. And yeah. Um. And so there is still hope, um, but there is life. And it's not something that you may have to deal with the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, this mm-hmm. this could be a season that has really brought this on. But with yeah. with proper care, with proper counseling, or um, you know, uh, proper activity outside, like you can, you may not get to a point where maybe like I am or like you are, Adam, mm-hmm. um, where we're having to constantly deal with it. And that's and that's great. But I would suggest like the car analogy, like start tackling it now, start yeah. investigating that now, because mm-hmm. it may have been brought on just from March, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may go away when you start really diving into it. Um, yeah. and that's great, but there is, yeah, there, like you said, there is life for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there is, yeah, there is something on the other end there and, you know, through all this and we mentioned it even earlier, um, but obviously, and, and we went through this series and I don't expect everybody that's listened to this podcast to, to have listened to maybe every mm-hmm. sermon series that we've done, but I loved, I think it was week two, looking at what Jesus did. Yes, um, yeah. And it's okay to, um, holy cow, I don't know how many hours I spent in my early t- 20s crying and asking God, like, can you take this from me? Because I, I didn't used to have this, Absolutely. and now I have it. Um, and not directly answered, um, and that's not a byproduct of my faith or my relationship, yeah. um, but it's okay to ask God for those things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I was, yeah, I was in the same boat. I was, <clears throat> I would cry and I would say, "Why?" Like literally, mm-hmm. the yeah. fr- that series is why, why me. me? Like, yeah. I would say, "Why me?" Like, why do I need to deal with this? Yeah. Um, and there wasn't a direct answer except for 
now I get to share a story and now I get to say that I'm managing it and I'm thriving Mm-hmm. in spite of it or despite it yeah, um, yeah. and uh and that, you know and that's because of jesus that's because of the joy mm-hmm. that i find in the person and the character uh of, of jesus yeah so as we're coming to the end of our time this man we could have this conversation for so long oh, for and sure. we could invite many others onto it um but what is a way to wrap this up We've talked about some next steps, but I mean, what is, if there's somebody listening now, or maybe a listener heard this, that I need to share this with somebody, yeah, um, Christian or not, um, and maybe you can give examples of both, but what are some next steps that people can just do? Although yeah. we've talked, we've kind of circled around a lot of them, but you know, what, what do, what would you suggest to that person? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing, and we talk about it a lot, um, and we have a lot of people who are involved with it. When my, when my dad was, was going through, um, uh, sobriety and tackling that and making that who he was, um, he went, he went through, um, Alcoholics Anonymous, right? That was the 12 step mm. program was the thing. Uh, and there was nothing, there was probably other stuff, but nothing really major. And it was, it was successful for him. It, it pointed him to church and he went to church, took me and my brother and it mm. was, and the rest is history. But I think that, um, what we have and what I'm super proud of what we have here at SMCC is something called Celebrate Recovery. And yeah. it exists, I'm pretty sure uh, in most places you can find yeah. them. Um, I know, uh, my church in California had it um, yeah. as well, and and I think that um, something like that, you know, when you think of of um, Alcoholics Anonymous and twelve uh, step program, it is primarily for you know alcohol for substances, right? Sure, sure. Um, the nice thing about Celebrate Recovery is it is really all about hurt habits and hangups, and so yeah. you know, my one of my top recommendations would be find someone to talk to, you know, find mm-hmm. uh, you know someone who you trust, someone who. Um, will give you an unbiased response. You want someone who can really hear you and um, empathize mm-hmm. and listen and share, um, be it a counselor, be it a pastor, be it um, just a, a really close friend who is going to uh, tell you exactly what you need to hear, not what yeah. you want to hear. Yeah. Um, and uh, Or find a group like CR because you're dealing with hurts, habits, and hangups. And so much of even my uh, depression and anxiety story kind of revealed itself in college, but there were mm-hmm. so many hurts and habits at times and hangups that I experienced as a kid growing up through high school and into college that really um, allowed me to pinpoint exactly what I dealt with that first kind of breakdown, Mm -hmm. as I call it, um, my junior year of college. And so um, that would be a huge step. Uh, And you go there, don't, you know, it's not a, oh, I have an addiction issue. It has that, that CR program has nothing to do with a specific substance um, issue at all. It's, it's everything. And so, man, as a next step, if you don't want to, if you can't find a counselor or if you're not there yet, um, you know, CR is a fantastic program because mm-hmm. it allows you to then begin to dissect and talk about the things in your life that may be attributing to, not attributing, contributing to how you sure. feel, um, what your, your mental state is right now. So that's, I mean, that's huge. And then, you know, uh, it is okay to ask God, why me? It is okay yeah. to sit there and say like, uh, but, um, you know, I used to tell us to students all the time, uh, Scripture is very, very um, clear with, uh, and very, um, there's just a lot of accounts of people questioning God. I think mm-hmm. of King David, right, through the Psalms, yeah. like constantly questioning God, what are you doing, getting angry at God. Lament. Uh, lament, right? Yeah. Um, and I would always tell students, uh, God's, God's, God's a big boy. Yeah. Like, God yeah. can take, kind of handle that. The question is, are you going to go and, and be ready for and seek out the answers, or are you mm. just going to sit and wallow and yell and complain and not do anything? Yeah. Like That's where 
that's where we, the difference between us growing as disciples of Jesus, growing mm-hmm. as fully devoted, fully delighted followers of Jesus. Yeah. That's where the difference happens is I'm going to, I'm going to question, I'm going to cry, I'm going to yeah. um, get angry, get mad, but I'm also going to fully expect God to, uh, to receive that and mm. to, you know, to, to give answers, you know, yeah. and I'm not talking like about audible answers. I'm talking about, for me, some of those answers were counseling and medication yeah. and, you know, being active and journaling, yeah. like that's, that's what I, you know, felt like, you know, I needed to do in order to, um, help thrive through this depression. So, yeah. um, man, don't, don't be afraid to say, ask those questions, but, um, please make sure you're seeking out those answers, you know, talk yeah. to one of us, talk to your campus pastor, if you're attending one of our campuses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, we will, we will point you to, um, the biblical Jesus, the, the yeah. fully God, fully man, <clears throat> Um, that lived a perfect life that wants you to have real, true joy. Yeah, yeah. It's And I think those are great next steps. And there's one that has been going through this episode that has really um, just been on my mind mm-hmm. as a next step. And I think it's so sad at the same time that I think in general um, people have this kind of resistance to this particular next step. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I've found... Um, as a habit that mm-hmm. has really helped with my, um, my anxiety personally is this, it's so counterintuitive to yeah. what you're feeling in the moment, but to serve somebody else. Mm, that's a big um, one. You know, when you are struggling with anxiety and depression, the default mode is to isolate. It's to be alone. Yeah. It's to be with as few people as possible. Or maybe sometimes on the flip side, to be as many people as possible to drown out um, what that is, but to to not have these these meaningful and deep relationships. Yeah. Um, and the times that I am just, I'm smiling just thinking about it, the times that I am just he so is, he is smiling. <laughs> right <now. Okay. laughs> you can't see it, but no. um, the times I am just enjoying life the most, and when the the thoughts of of um, what I'm dealing with are farthest away is when I'm saying I'm putting myself second and I'm, and I want to do something to serve somebody. Totally, yeah. Um, I, I, and it's the simple things even, I think people think, well, that's easy for you. You're a pastor. No, um, I'll say this. Um, there was an event that you guys did, uh, around Easter for, um, was that, uh, Easter egg hunt. Oh yeah. The South Warren campus. Yeah. yeah. Really fun. And I had signed up, yeah. um, on my Saturday morning to go help park cars. That was my, I, I ended up doing other stuff too, but yeah. The simple, again, I can't even explain, but there's a simple joy to, I'm going to stay in the parking lot, mm-hmm. sun's coming up over the mountains that morning, um, I'm waving to people, I'm saying hi to people, yeah. it's not even a fake um, thing, but I'm genuinely excited to see people come and enjoy what what, what we have given to, to, you know, free to the community. Yeah. Um, oh man, what I can't think of a better way to start my morning than yeah. to say, I'm going to go serve somebody else. Um, and so I know that it's this like, ba- like it's a backwards thing and be like, Hey, I mean, I- I'm going through this. I- I'm not going to help somebody right now. I've got enough of my own problems, right, right? But there's, and they've done studies on it too. When you can take a step back and say, okay, I know this is happening, but I also want to focus on other people too. Yeah. Wow. What a game changer yeah. that can be. Yeah. Well, and I love that you said that because, you know, back in February, I think I was able to share and, uh, uh and teach, and we did a, a, a just a one week kind of standalone on teams, and mm-hmm. we, and I there are a few studies uh, yeah. that I that I uh, shared where um, serving other people 
is actually better and statistic or science has proven better for your mental health, like better for, you know, and mm-hmm. you're right. It is, it almost seems counterintuitive. Like, gosh, I'm hurting. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going through this. I'm feeling this. Like the last thing I want is to right. uh, go step out and park cars or say yeah. hello or yeah, greet yeah. someone. Yeah. Um, but there is something to be said about, man, when you can put yourself second and put someone else first, mm-hmm. um, you know, it is extremely healthy for you as mm-hmm. a person um, it is extremely healthy for your mind, for your for your emotions, yeah. Um, and uh, and helps with that healing, you know. Yeah. Um, obviously, you need someone to talk to. You need to to mm-hmm. take the steps um, that we've outlined and kind of talked about and shared. And yeah. there are plenty more steps. Yeah. Uh, no, by no by no means are we experts in this. We're we're <laughs> experts in the sense of we're dealing with it, right? Yeah, sure. Um, ourselves, but but yeah, serving other people that's a huge one because um, you know, there's something to be said about putting someone else first uh, mm-hmm. uh, ahead of yourself, even in times of, of struggle yeah. that is super healthy for you. It's almost like somebody wrote that down in a book somewhere. It's like know. a life principle. I don't know if that, yeah. I have to go back and look at my shelf and see what book maybe what book mine has says that. that. Yeah, yeah it's almost like the creator of the universe knows what he's talking about. A little about. bit, yeah. A little <laughs> bit. Kno- knows how we're made up and and you know what makes us tick and, and yeah. how we can be healthy and whole. Yeah. Well, Kyle, I so appreciate you having on the show today. Dude, I, I love talking to you, dude. You you uh, are one of the reasons why I was so excited to come on staff. I, you know, I got, to, <laughs> I got to interview with you first and to talk with you and to meet you. And uh, for those that haven't really met Adam personally, um, you know, he is... He is a gem of a person. So I, I thank you for, for this conversation. We could talk forever. I know I know we get sure. to hang out and talk a lot, but yeah. um, this was super helpful for me. Yeah, and I and I really, um, I'll just say it on behalf of our listeners, just thank you for being open and being willing to yeah. come on today. I know that's a heavy topic. It's a topic that nobody's just like, yeah, let me sit down and like record that for people to hear. Right, right. Um, so thank you for your vulnerability. Yeah, um, and I that. know that there are people out listening to this right now that just find this so helpful yeah, to and, hear. Yeah, and I and I do hope that you guys hear that this is a, a topic, a conversation that, that you can have and you can be open with. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you need someone, like I said, I would direct you to your campus pastors. Come mm-hmm. talk to me. You know, you can, I would love to chat. Um, but uh, we, you know, we love you. I always mm-hmm. say this every time I, I'm on stage and I really do mean it. I, I absolutely love you. And so even if I've never met you, I can confidently say that I love you. And, uh, and, uh, we're so thankful that you're listening and that you got to hear our story for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Kyle. Thank you listeners for being here today. We hope that, um, you do find this conversation hopeful and helpful and, um, and we love it. You know, if you heard what we're talking about today and you're like, man, this, there's, there's this person that needs to hear this, or this would be helpful for them just to even process through. Uh, we'd love it if you'd share it with them. Um, and thank you again for, for always leaving reviews and subscribing to this podcast it helps us out a lot. So we appreciate that. Um, we're going to continue on season four next week. So stay tuned for that. Make sure that you're, you're seeing that when it comes up on Wednesdays and, uh, we so appreciate you being here today. I will see you again next week. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe, give us a rating, or share with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit our website at smccutah.org. Thanks again for trusting us with your time, and we hope to have you back again soon.